This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Ready for a more successful and fulfilled life? It is time for Real Answers, a transformational hour with Dr. Kate Siner, live broadcasting to the 50 states and internationally. Dare to go deep. Change yourself. Change with world. Hi, this is Dr. Kate Siner, and this is Real Answers. And this week, we're going to be talking about putting the passion back in your life. And after the first commercial break, we're going to be joined by um, Amy Jo Goddard, who is a sexual empowerment expert and um, thought leader in the field. So uh, what you've probably heard me say uh, quite a bit is that your life is what you make it. And that what's super important to having the life you want is being intentional about how you create it. And that's true when it comes to having a passionate life as well. But a lot of times what we don't know is how to put that passion back in our life. We might find that we really love certain activities and don't love other things that we get excited when we're getting out of bed and it's a vacation day versus when we're getting out of bed and it's a work day. And so we kind of get take for granted um, this this excitement and this passion that can come into our lives with certain events um, and forget to cultivate it and really develop it in all aspects of our life. Right. So I, I'd like to talk about some aspects of uh, passion in our lives and in order to help um, you and and just to talk about the idea of how we can bring more passion into our lives. So the first part is that passion is going to wear different faces. That means it might look differently in one aspect of your life than it looks in another. Um, that means that, uh, you know, if you are expecting to feel the same, for example, at work, on vacation, with a friend, with a lover, that kind of thing, and you expect passion to to seem the same across the board, it may not. It might actually look um, slightly different. Um, and so starting to pay attention to when you are feeling really engaged, when you are feeling really alive, in the different ways that you can experience that. So you're registering um, not just certain experiences as passionate experiences, but really all of the ones that, that qualify. So um, in order to do this, one of the things that you can do is, um, is kind of take a look at um, an aspect of your life and ask yourself the question, you know, what, what would this part of my life look like if I was passionately engaged? So what that does is it gives you just a moment's pause to reflect on what it would look like if you were feeling passionately connected in that part of your life so that then it can become easier to spot it when, um, when it's there or to recognize when it's not there and then to do something deliberately and intentionally to, to bring it in. 
Okay. So, so that would be the first exercise, um, for bringing more passion in your life is starting to understand how and, and what a more passionate life looks like to you. The, the next point around creating a passionate life, uh, I think is so incredibly important. Um, and it's, it's being vulnerable. And, um, we're not actually able to, um, feel our full extent of our, um, our passion if, um, we are not allowing ourselves to feel fully, right? And sometimes feeling fully, right? Such as, you know, it could be showing love, it could be showing joy, it could be showing something that, you know, a pain, um, or a weakness. Um, being truly in our, in our full selves and really being able to share that actually opens up the door to being, um, more passionate in our lives. And let's just kind of look at it this way. If, you know, we're looking at a full spectrum of emotions and when you start to take away some of that spectrum of emotion, keep certain thoughts, feelings, experiences from yourself, um, or, you know, from your interactions with other people that kind of puts a, like a wet blanket on, um, how full you're feeling and how your potential for really feeling all of your life and really being passionately engaged. So when we, when we stop feeling the certain emotion, then, um, you know, we stop making ourselves available, say in our sadness or in our frailty or, um, in our joy, then we stop being able to really, um, kind of move in a way that is passionate and full in our lives. And this is especially, especially true when it comes to anger, um, anger and passion are on the same continuum. So if you are kind of always um, shutting down your anger, it can be very hard to have a passionate life. It's like, think of it in terms of like fieriness, right? Um, and Amy Jo's book is actually called Woman on Fire. Right? And talking about this, like what it is to be kind of fully um, alive, and 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 what that what that takes, you know, um, emotionally for us is to allow that full spectrum of emotion. Now that doesn't mean that we become ranting and raving and angry and and all of that sort of stuff. And it definitely doesn't mean that we move down the road into things that are you know abusive or or violent. But it is about allowing the expression of anger and really knowing how to get comfortable with it and to use it in healthy ways so that we can kind of have all of that fire and we can start to channel it and have more, you know, passion in a more dynamic life. Right. And, you know, there's a way that, you know, anger can be very defensive. And there's also a way that anger can be very vulnerable. Right? Because when you're angry about something, there's actually a way that you're saying, I really care about this. This is really important to me. Right. And, and that, that, that is a, also a passionate statement. Right. I won't stand for this. 
things can't go this way. I don't like it. You know, those are all, those are all boundaries, but they are boundaries that come from taking a stand. Right. So as we're looking at, you know, having a more passionate life, we're definitely look at looking at allowing ourselves a full continuum of emotions. And we're looking at allowing ourselves to be as vulnerable as possible. And what you can do in order to open up is uh, look at what are the places in your life that you have a hard time being vulnerable? And why is it, you know, why is it that you have a hard time being vulnerable? And after that, how can you open up those parts of your life? So what would it look like for you? Just like what would it look like for you to have an aspect of your life be more passionate? What would it look like for you to be really vulnerable? And I want to make another clarification around vulnerability because sometimes people equate um, vulnerability with weakness, right? Um, showing vulnerability is the same as showing weakness. And while sometimes showing your weakness is, is being vulnerable, there's a little bit more to it because the kind of vulnerability that we're talking about that's facilitative is not about being um, less than or going into our, our you know, our, our crumpled self or our um, victim self or anything like that. It's not that type of vulnerability. It's the vulnerability that comes from a place of strength inside of ourselves and a willingness to be open to others and the world. And, and that is a, a skill that we can practice all the time. And, but if we recognize that it is an important skill, then we can start to bring it into these situations, any kind of situation you're in. You can choose to be really empowered and vulnerable so as to facilitate more connection or you can choose to, you know, continue in whatever kind of defended way. And as you make choices in the direction of being more and more open in that empowered and healthy way, then you gain so much as far as the richness of life and the potential to really feel your own passion and enjoy the passion of others. All right. So that's about being vulnerable and allowing, you know, ourselves a full spectrum of emotion. And kind of along these same lines is uh, cleaning up your, your messes, right? So when we're dragged down, dragged back, you know, um, feeling badly, feeling shame, feeling guilt, right? Uh, just in general, not having things resolved um, from our past, it's going to affect our ability to be present in the moment. And therefore, it's going to affect our ability to have a passionate life. Right? So it's like, you can think of this type of, of um, impact on passion as being like uh, a, it's like it's like getting the, the pipes clogged, 
you know, they're, they're clogged from previous experiences that, and, and they just haven't, they haven't been cleared out. They haven't been completely let go of, right? Maybe, you know, it's still holding anger towards someone or, um, still holding shame about an event. And it's that kind of stuff that kind of clogs the pipes and then makes it really challenging for us to be once again in that open place that facilitates, um, passion. So, um, questions you can ask around this type of thing is, um, you know, uh, what are the grudges that you're holding on to? You know, is there anybody that you have yet to forgive? And you'll notice that when you go into a, um, uh, when you go into a process of letting go of things that you're holding on to from the past and say you let go of a grudge and you move into forgiveness or you move into acceptance, you'll get a huge like uh, resurgence or a huge surge of, of energy in your life, right? That, that brings that back, that aliveness that we often equate with passion, Right. So by, by just by looking through your life and saying, okay, well, where are the people, you know, who are the people that I am unwilling to, or, um, forgive and let go of and recognize, you know, that in their humanness, yes, maybe they made some kind of mistake. Maybe they did something that, you know, wasn't right to me, but I can still you know, move, I can still let this go. I can still forgive this. I can still understand how, you know, as a human being, we all make mistakes and find my way to a clearer place, a place where then I get to have more of myself. And likewise, is there a pain from your past that it's time to let go of? You know, is there a story of sadness um, or is there a way that you, you know, felt wronged or hurt? And have you been dragging that around with you? And what has been the effect of that to replay that pain over and over again and to make it such an integral part of your life? And what would it be like to put it down? And it's the same kind of thing. Where when you put it down, you get, um, when you put it down, you get so much of yourself back. Okay. Um, so you can find ways to clear your past so that then you can be much more in your present. Right? So, and usually when it comes to these things like grudges and pain from the past and that sort of thing, I mentioned two words before, forgiveness and acceptance. Doing that kind of, of work sometimes is about other people and sometimes it's actually about yourself. You know, quite often the person that we need to forgive is ourselves. 
And many people hold on to a grudge against themselves uh, much longer than they hold on to it towards another person. And that is a, a, a big clog in, in the pipeline, so to speak. It's, it is a way that we are unable to really, you know, move into the fullness of who we are. And in that, a way that we are unable to really feel and be with our passion. All right, so we're going to be going to a commercial break in just a second, and um, uh, when I come back, I'm going to become come back with Amy Jo Goddard, um, sexual empowerment expert, and we are going to be talking about more ways that you can bring passion back into your life. ever wondered why some people seem to sail ahead and others get stuck? The secret is in your mindset. Join author and educator Dr. Kate Siner for a one-hour live webinar on the miracle of mindset, May 15th at 7 p.m. Eastern. On this webinar, she will give you three keys to mindset that will help you stay on track if you run or want to run your own business. Join Dr. Kate Siner for the free webinar, Miracle of Mindset, at 7 p.m. Eastern. For more information or to sign up, go to katesiner.com forward slash miracle dash of dash mindset dash the number two. Are you craving positive change in an area of your life? Dreaming of work that is meaningful or relationships that are authentic and connected? Internationally recognized author and facilitator, Dr. Kate Siner, is a compassionate and fearless advocate for positive change. Through personally tailored programs and masterful mentoring, Dr. Kate's genius lies in helping you get connected to your core so you can make a difference in the world starting with yourself. Visit www.katesiner.com. That's K-A-T-E-S-I-N-E-R.com. Hi, it's Dr. Kate Siner, and this is Real Answers, and I'm here with Amy Jo Goddard. AJ, thanks for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. It's awesome. All right. I so, your intro. Awesome. So, uh, uh, Amy Jo Goddard is a sexual empowerment coach, and she's been working in the field for about two decades, and she's worked with just about every group of people. Um, and um, she has so much to offer, not just about sexuality and um, in kind of the way that people think about it in the bedroom, but really how it impacts uh, the entirety of our lives. 
And um, I thought that she was an excellent guest to have on the show today as we're talking about bringing passion back in our lives. And um, I'm wondering, AJ, if you could start with a um, a little bit about how you got into this work and and why it's so important to you. Yeah, um, I, you know, when I was younger, like many of us, probably most of us, uh, I had zero information about sexuality, about my body, about how to navigate all the things that came with that. And uh, I went through a really hard time as an adolescent and a lot of really difficult experiences. And it wasn't until I was a young adult and I went off to college that I got any education around sexuality at all. And I just absolutely devoured my textbook. You know, I remember we were like reading our Masters and Johnson's textbook and I, I, that was the first and only textbook I ever read cover to cover. Um, I actually still have it with all my like highlights. Like I think I highlighted like half of every page. In the book, so. um, but really what was happening is that my fire was really getting lit about sexuality and I felt like, why did I have to wait this long? Like this information would have helped me so long ago. And then, you know, of course, as I moved more into my adult life and started to navigate adult sexuality, uh, I was lucky enough that I had found this path and I, I was getting more and more education. And so it really was was from a very personal place and I was very committed to helping, um, helping young people in the beginning, not go through what I went through. And so I did work with young people for a lot of years. And then I really got interested, you know, I taught college for 15 years and I taught graduate students and I really wanted to work more and more with adults. And, um, you know, and people usually assume if I say I'm a sex educator, if I pose it that way, they say, oh, you must work with teenagers, you know? And I say, no, I actually work with former teenagers who like never got the <laughs> sex education that they needed and really need help navigating this major, major part of their lives. You know, it's, it's just crazy to me that something as important as sexuality and relationships and intimacy gets absolutely zero in terms of the time we spend developing our skills and our education in our educational system. So, you know, adults really have to choose to do that on their own if they want to have really fulfilling relationships and sexual lives. And, um, and that's what I'm really committed to at this point. So, yeah, I know that we've, we've talked about this at certain points in time. I feel the same way about emotional education, just an area that's such an important part of our lives that doesn't wind up getting enough time at all. And so a huge portion of what we do in our lives is, is like, we have absolutely no skill around and it has a dramatic effect. I'm wondering what, like, what are the kinds of effects that you see when people don't have the information that they need around sex? Oh my gosh, all kinds of things. I mean, there's so many myths that people have about how sexuality and relationships are supposed to work. Um, I think that we're, you know, we're operating on this cultural story that just isn't true. And people are still operating around this, this story of sex, you know, and how, how sex is supposed to look, you know, and it's, it's a very male model. It's a very linear model. Um, and it's a very antiquated model. Um, you know, the early sex researchers did really wonderful groundbreaking work, but they also did a disservice to us in posing this, 
you know, this, this very sort of like A happens and then B and then C and then it's over kind of thing. <laughs> and, and it was all very like based in physiology, you know, that was actually Masters and Johnson's model, you know, mm-hmm. bless them. But, um, you know, there's so much more to it. And a lot of, you know, women researchers came in later and they were like, well, what about desire? You know, what about like the emotional components of sex? Like this is nowhere in this, you know, in this approach. And yet we see that approach in the way sex gets depicted in movies, in the culture and the way people talk about sex. Um, and even I think we see it in, in legislation in different ways. So you know, there's this way in which we're living in, you know, and up to this, you know, we're putting ourselves to this, um, uh, expectation of how things should look that just isn't how it looks for most people. And so I think people are really unhappy. They're really unfulfilled. They think something is wrong with them. I hear, I hear the words, I feel broken. I feel inadequate. Um, I feel like something's wrong with me. Like I hear those things from people all the time. And uh, I primarily work with women. Um, I sometimes talk to men and I definitely work with couples. Um, but I hear those kinds of things all the time. And so I think that, you know, and I think with men, there's actually a lot of shame that's very quiet um, and under the table about sexuality because they don't actually get as much permission to talk about it. Um, I think women actually do get a little more permission and certainly queer communities get a lot more permission to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I think there's a lot of like really quiet shame. And so then it comes out, like you were talking about anger earlier, like it comes out in kind of unhealthy ways. Um, and I think there's, again, there's like a lack of ability to kind of deal with those emotions, the anger and the shame, the frustration and the resentment that really come up about sexuality in, in our sex lives. Yeah. I mean, that, that's such a great point because I was talking about how when we numb certain emotions, it overall squelches our passion, but there is another effect too, which is that when we don't care for our sexuality, then it can come out kind of in these explosions of other emotions that we don't necessarily understand why they're there. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think people are in a lot of confusion around sexuality and they sort of don't know what to do about it. I mean, I think the world is starting to change and my field has grown tremendously in the the 20 years I've been in the field. So I think more and more people know that there actually are people who can help with this, but it's just not something we think sex is just supposed to be natural. I think that's the biggest myth that just destroys people's like, you know, like ability to really have a fulfilled sexual life is we think it's just supposed to be natural and it's just supposed to happen all by itself, you know, without, you know, as you said, developing skills and, and, um, and educating ourselves about how, how do you do that? Right. How do you do that in a way that's really fulfilling? Right. That that's mm-hmm. not just uh, based on the, you know, A, B, C biological need, but is actually something that contributes to our life and our awareness and, um, you know, our, our happiness. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. How would you, how would you say that, um, you know, I, cause I think it's really important to clarify how, uh, passion and pleasure and desire, um, you know, reflect and affect other parts of our lives. Can you say something about that? Yeah. I mean, I think that, um, you know, I hear again, there's that piece around confusion. I think that a lot of times people are in a lot of confusion about what they want. 
Um, and obviously like I'm talking to people more specifically about sexuality and about their relationship lives. Um, but when I work with like private clients, we're looking at the whole of their lives. And when women come into my programs, we're really looking at how those things affect everything. And I think that when someone is really confused or they're not really in their full desire, um, or in their full passion, there's a dulled, you know, way that they're walking through life, which I think you said something about earlier, you know, there's, there's a dullness, there's a, you know, we're meant to experience pleasure. And I think, like, I just wrote a article called um, the microaggression, uh, how microaggressions impact desire. Um, Because I think there's all these ways in which we get kind of like, cut down for like, wanting, like for having a desire or for like, feel, you know, wanting to feel more pleasure. And, you know, because it's like, we're supposed to, we're just supposed to make do, you know, we're Mm -hmm. supposed to like make do with less. And and why should you want that? And, you know, oh, oh, that's nice. You get to buy something like that for yourself. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like kind of all those comments that people make. And so I think people end up feeling bad about having the things that they want. I mean, I've had friends who are like, I don't like talking about the fact that I own the house of my dreams because a lot of my friends don't, they're not able to do that. And so it makes them feel bad, you know? So there's this way in which we like put these parts of ourselves away and these things that we otherwise would be excited about because we're not supposed to have that much. And I think people do that with sex and pleasure all the time. It's like, you can take more time, you know, you can, you know, I'm, I'm teaching class called you like, you're not taking too long because I've heard that <laughs> so many women. they're like, Oh, but I just don't want to take so long. And you know, it's like, take as long as you want to take. I mean, if you have, if you don't have to be somewhere and you're not like, you know, you're, you're both not like falling asleep at the wheel, like take as long as you want to take it's, you know, so we have all these ways in which we put the brakes on. And I just think we're here to live fully. We're here to like live full out, full on in our fire, full on in our passion. You know, all of us have a mission here. We all have a reason why we're here. There's a purpose to our lives. And I think the more tapped into our desires we are, the more passionate we feel and the more pleasure we experience in our lives. Those are all super interconnected. I think a lot of times, um, well, I, I know for a fact, actually, that learning to be more joy-filled, learning to embrace pleasure takes just as much work as it does to overcome the pains in our life, that people mm-hmm. struggle just as much with it and sometimes are even more blocked, just like what you're saying, because, well, I already have enough. You know, I'm, I'm already at the place where I'm not miserable. It's not horrible. It's not, you know, all of that place instead of really embracing the fullness of who we are, instead of being able to really like love our lives. And like you said, live full out, have that pleasure as a part of life on a regular basis. And I think that that's something that is a, a really it's a, it's a, it's a challenge for people to, to bring into their life to really embrace. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Um, and I think, yeah, people are in a lot of turmoil. I think there's a lot of internal turmoil about that. And particularly when they're in relationships that are not fulfilling, you know, and they're trying to figure out like, how do I, how do I get more of that when I have a partner who's unwilling or, um, just not on the same track as I'm on. Right, 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 right. Okay, so I was talking about vulnerability earlier. And, um, you know, what 
do what would it be helpful for people to know about their vulnerability and their uh, sexuality? Oh my gosh, there's like there's just there's such there's so many ways that I think people want more. You know, I hear what I hear from people all the time is I really want deeper intimacy with my partner. Mm-hmm. Um, I really want to drop in more. I want you know, I want more of a fullness in my sexuality. I want to really be seen. Um, I want, a a woman said to me yesterday, I want to feel like my sexuality is a gift for my partner, you know? So I hear things like that all the time. And yet people are holding back. It's like, I'm afraid to really let you see me. I'm afraid to let you hear me. I'm afraid to really drop in and be that present. And and you just can't do both. Like you have to let the walls come down if you're going to have the biggest orgasms and the most pleasure, if you're going to really feel emotionally connected and seen by a partner, you know, you can't go into sexual situations with your walls up and think that you're going to have the most amazing sex of your life. You know, that's generally not going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that you have to have to have the deepest emotional connection with someone. I think we can have really great sex with people that we don't have that with, but there has to be that willingness and that openness that that vulnerability provides. Yeah. So, I mean, another, another really great, uh, thing to highlight is as much as people want to be seen, they often don't want to be seen. Mm-hmm. You know, there's mm-hmm. such a such a longing for it, but there's yeah. that that fear of it because there's the whole reason why we're trying not to be seen in the first place, which is usually that we got hurt at some point in time. And in that getting hurt, we then kind of say, Okay, well, I'm not gonna let that happen again, and that puts the shield up, which makes sense, but then also stops us from really being able to feel fully and to really be in that deep place of connectedness to enjoy the sex, to enjoy the emotional connection, to enjoy even the moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. I mean, I was teaching a class last night on emotional skills. That, that's, that is part of the work that I do. Um, because of course it's a huge part (laughs) of sexuality and how we show up there. And, um, and that, and that was a big theme with the women and really looking at, you know, we were really talking about, well, um, you know, uh, Brene Brown says, you know, vulnerability is, is the birthplace of everything we hunger for. And I think that's so beautiful and it's, it's so true in, in many ways. And then there's also a way in which we do have to navigate our vulnerabilities with skill, you know, that, um, just making ourselves vulnerable with anyone or in any situation also is not the way to do it. And so I think there's a, a level of discernment that people also have to learn. Um, and we were talking a lot about that, you know, and like, how do you make those, those, uh, calls, you know, that, that, how do you manage that discernment so that you don't put yourself in situations that actually aren't healthy for you? Um, because not everyone can hold our vulnerabilities. Um, but then how do you really show up in the places where you do need to show up in that right. vulnerable way? Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, such an important point to make, I think specifically around, um, sexuality. Um, but the, it's what I was saying around vulnerability is that, 
uh, you know, it's not just about, you know, kind of opening yourself wide to anything yeah. in, and that comes along, but really oh, understanding yeah. how to do that from that place of, of power and strength so that you can have those great experiences. And once again, a skill that a lot of people have not had an opportunity or any support around developing. Yeah, very important. Yeah. So I'm very excited yeah. about hearing about your core energy model of sexuality because, um, you know, I, like, what's your perspective on sexuality and sexual energy um, at our core? Because you know how much I love this topic. <laughs> yeah, um, well, as you mentioned earlier, I have um, I have a book coming out called Women on Fire, Nine Elements to Wake Up Your Erotic Energy, Personal Power, and Sexual Intelligence. And I've been working on, you know, th those elements really came out organically out of the work that I've been doing. And I started looking for models of sexuality that really spoke to the women that I have been working with. And all of the models out there really didn't speak to it. And so I started asking a lot more questions about, you know, and they were asking questions, you know, they were like, well, where's the nature and where's the like, where's art and music in all of this? Where's, you know, like, where are these other elements of sexuality? And, um, and what I've really come to believe through the work that I've done is that the core of who we are is our sexual energy. That is the core inside. You know, we could call it creative energy. We could call it spiritual energy. But we all have a well inside of us. And there's not like a difference in what that energy is. And it's, it's, mm -hmm. a, it's a very creative energy. What is more creative than sexuality? You can take two cells and make an entire new human being out of that. Like mm -hmm. that's pretty damn creative. <laughs> you know? I agree. So we don't all, we don't all choose to use that energy that way. We use it. That's like, a, you know, that's one fraction of how that energy gets used. We use it to, you know, that core is, is that, that fuel. It is that fire inside of us that really fuels everything we do, whether we're cooking an amazing meal, whether we're working on a creative project or building a business, whether we're building a community um, whether we're making art or music, like that energy fuels everything we do. And so then as we move outward from there, we move into connection, we move into creation. It's, it's all the different ways we can connect and use that energy. Um, so that might be intimacy with other people. It might be the way we connect with nature. You know, sometimes people are like, I don't really want to have sex with, with people, but I really love nature and it makes me feel sexy. Awesome. You're an ecosexual. Go spend time in nature, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes it's how we're like, we might be connecting to the divine if we have a, a connection there, um, to art or to music or all of those other things. And so it's, it's, th there's all these ways we can funnel and use that energy. And as we, and as we really utilize it in the world, we develop a sense of, of empowerment and power over ourselves and over and, and an agency over ourselves. And, and I believe that that really is the core of who we are and, um, we get to direct that energy in different ways. And so, and then there's ways in which, you know, when that energy gets really depleted, that's when we're feeling really lackluster. We're not feeling passionate. We're not excited about life. We're feeling depressed. We're, you know, and so we have to like re-energize that core and, um, and build that up so that we can get that passion for life back. Yeah. 
Yes, absolutely. I mean, that, so the energy, like the energy that comes through us, I'm going to like kind of just say some of the things that you said again to highlight them, but the energy that comes through us, then we are able through being like kind of aware of it or connected to it or whatever we want to say, we are able then to direct it and have agency in, in our lives you know, and that yeah. sense of like just natural movement, that's like a, that's like a, like a birthright. It's like, it's, it's the basis of, of who we are and it can come forth. And one of the ways that we can work with it is via sexuality, like in like, um, kind of classical terms, you know, you know, that's one of the ways that we can actually understand how to tap into our core and then to be able to direct it. So sexuality, we can also be a tool for understanding. Um, And then an opening, it can be an opening to, um, you know, kind of like a a fuller, um, you know, expression of all that we are. And, mm-hmm. um, that, yeah. that like uh, that, you know, it's contact with that deep place of the core that I think makes a huge difference in, you know, what we can create in our lives and how much we love our lives and how passionately we feel and like all the things that, you know, the self-help books are about and, you know, the things that people are reaching for and stuff like that is all, you know, kind of uh, can be traced back to that connection to the core and, um, and sexuality just being like, so, mm-hmm. you know, right there. Um, as a as um, an important part of it, so um, mm-hmm. and I th- I think just kind of um, maybe elaborating on that a little bit, like how do you see that like that sexuality and creativity and passion are connected? Yeah, I mean, I think. I really think that that sexual energy is the core. You know, it's, mm-hmm. we can call it Eros. We could call it she, we could, there's like a lot of different things we can call mm-hmm. it, but we all come from there. like that. Right. We are all burst from that energy. Like everything that gets created comes from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, uh, so I call it that really unabashedly because obviously that's my lens in the world too. Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, so that is our creativity. That really is the birthplace of our creativity. And so the more that we're connected to it, the more that we are energized in that, the more energy and vision we have for the things that we're here to create in our lives. And then we get fired up about that, you know, and that's when like, like our passion gets lit up, you know, I like, you know, in Women on Fire, I talk about how like, it's really like, it's a, um, you know, it is that fire inside of us. And sometimes it feels like it's like gone down to an ember, you know, and it's like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we've got to get in there with some oxygen and like, you know, nourish it a little bit and, and, and build, build up that flame again, but it's there and nobody loses it. And I think that we just sometimes get so disconnected from it. There's so much stuff piled on top of it or sort of like between us and, and that part of ourselves that, um, that we're losing that we're losing that connection in our lives and, you know, or it feels like we're losing it, um, in reality when it's really that it just needs to be nurtured and reconnected. 
I, I think that that's so important um, to for people to hear that it, it isn't something you know that is lost, um, and that it is something that's there, even if it has sort of quieted down quite a bit. Um, and that we can kind of grow it to the degree that we want to. Um, and, um, because I, I, and I think you were mentioning this before that, you know, sometimes if, if somebody say has gone down to an ember or something like that, or maybe there's like one tiny little spark left, you know, it can, it's possible to feel broken or, like there is a, you know, there's just something wrong with you um, or that that mm-hmm. was just something mm-hmm. you had at a different point yeah. in your life and now you just don't have it anymore. Like who, you know, who feels like that all the time? You know, <laughs> what person my age feels like that? You know, there could be a ton of different expressions that would start to, you know, uh, mm-hmm. just say, oh, yeah, OK, well, this is just what it is. Well, you know, why would I why would I feel passionately at this point in my life? And to to know that we all have access to that um, and uh, that we can cultivate it and bring it through in our lives. I think that's just so important. And we're almost actually um, out of time. So I, I, I want a couple things. One, I want to remind people that your book, um, uh, Women on Fire, is uh, for pre-sale on Amazon right now. And I highly recommend um, uh, purchasing this book, getting it pre-ordered. Um, uh, AJ is brilliant as far as talking about how to bring more of yourself and specifically how to step into your sexual fullness and your life fullness. Um, so it's a must read. I will certainly be reading it. And um, AJ, if you can say something about um, uh, how, how people could find you um, if they want to learn um, more about you. Yeah. Are you there? Um, yeah. <laughs> can you hear me? Can I can. Hear me? Yeah. I'm here. I can. Can you hear me? I can. Can okay. you hear me? Yeah. Uh, yes, <laughs> you were cutting out a little bit. It might be my connection. Um, yeah. Um, the best place is just to, to come to, to my website, amyjogoddard.com. It's A-M-Y-J-O-G-O-D-D-A-R-D.com. Um, and there's, there's lots of free gifts and tools and things there and, and articles and, you know, the, the microaggression articles there that I had talked about. Um, but yeah, if people want to, you know, if people are liking this conversation, I have, um, I have a class that I did called sexual evolution, um, that I think people, you know, in your audience would probably really dig. I took Maslow's hierarchy, which I don't know if you've talked about it before, but, um, and, and really looked at how sexuality, um, is reflected in that, that hierarchy in terms of, you know, sometimes people have different sexual needs in different ways that they're showing up. So, um, so yeah, so you can grab that at amyjogoddard.com slash sexual evolution. Um, but yeah, lots of good stuff there. I would love to have people visit and, um, and, uh, yeah, if people have feedback about this class, I'd love to hear that too. Awesome. Okay. Thank you so much. Um, and, uh, I really appreciate you coming on the show. 
And I will um, go ahead and wrap things up here. We just have a couple more minutes. Thanks All for right. having me, Kate. Yeah. Um, okay. So here we go. That was absolutely wonderful. Um, it was really great to have um, Amy Jo Goddard on here, a sexual empowerment expert. And once again, a reminder to um, check out her book, Woman on Fire, which is on um, Amazon for a pre-order. Okay, great. And so for us, wrapping up today and looking at um, uh, some of the ways that we can bring more passion back into our lives, and I'm sure you have a whole head full of stuff at this point in time um, from all the things that we talked about, lots of really great information. Um, But specifically, um, I want to end with a couple different pieces of information. One is around um, letting go of beliefs of what is fun and what is not fun, okay? So sometimes what we tell ourselves about something is actually what dictates whether or not we truly enjoy it, we find pleasure in it, or we don't. And so some of what we can do to bring more passion back in our lives is to stop thinking about life that way. And thinking about it more as we are choosing to show up, as we are choosing to bring our full selves. And it's true. There are going to be situations that um, we feel less excited about in the sense that that natural outpouring of, you know, our core is is not as there, right? Um, but in general, we can at least eliminate the part where we are thinking we're, we're determining ahead of time what it is that it's going to be, whether or not it will be fully fun or engaging. So you see the distinction there. One is where we tell ourselves from our mind that something's going to be good or it's not going to be good, and then we act accordingly. And the other one is when we listen to that deeper part of ourselves, right? When we listen to that deeper part of ourselves, then we can watch how it is that we naturally and fully connect or don't with what it is that's going on, right? So we step out of the place where we manage things with our beliefs and we move into that place of being really connected to the depth of who we are and then seeing how that relates with the world, right? And so that skill right there helps us bring quite a bit of passion back into our lives, Kind of like AJ and I were talking about, really connecting with the core, allowing that energy to come up and through your life. Okay, so that's the last tip of the day. Now, one of the things that um, might be appealing for some of you who are looking for more um, passion in their work, uh, passion in in maybe they maybe you have a business that you run for yourself or something like that. Um, I want to let you know about a, a webinar that I have coming up actually on Thursday of this week. It's called The Miracle of Mindset, and it's specifically about how to bring more energy, more happiness, in a more success into your work and specifically into your business. When I give you um, just a little heads up about that, you can find more information on it on the contact radio website 
also at uh, katesigner.com forward slash miracle dash of dash mindset. And that will um, get you a, a link to the informational page. Okay. So thank you so much for, for joining in on this call today and for spending some time connecting with your own passion and how you can bring more of your passion into your life. And that's my final tip before I let you go, which is to make time for it. If you want to have a passionate life, if you, if you want to feel more of yourself, be more of yourself, create something that you're excited and that you're engaged with, then it needs your dedication. So make time to answer some of these questions, to um, focus on things that are really important and meaningful for you, cleaning up the past where necessary. You know, all of the types of things that when you give a little bit of time, it will create such a huge impact and such a powerful change um, in your life. So dedicating a, a time, a specific time to bring more passion into an aspect of your life um, could make a quite, quite a large difference in overall how you're feeling every day as you go about your day. So thanks for joining me again on Real Answers, discussing how you can bring more passion back into your life. Um, and just uh, another reminder to go and um, check out my upcoming webinar, which will be on Thursday, May 14th, on The Miracle of Mindset. You can find more information on my website, katesigner.com. Have a great week. You've been listening to Real Answers with your host, Dr. Kate Siner. Her purpose is to inspire you to create positive change inside and out. Visit Dr. Kate on her website at www.katesiner.com with Dr. Kate and see how she can help.